Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway Worlds. My name is Samantha Dawn Titsolo, and this is my amazing co-host, Jason A. Coombs. Hi, Jason. Jumbo. <laughs> hey. You never seen oh. Mean Girls? <laughs> yes, I was. I have many times, but I was not understanding what you just did. But now I do. Thank you for the clarity. <laughs> she says that to the black girl. She's like, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that movie. Anyway, how are you? Hey, Jason. I'm good. Um, What's your temperature check? I think we forgot that last time. I think so, too. My temperature check is good. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't really complain. I just feel busy all of the time, and there's always something which, you know, I complain about that a lot, but I'm so grateful to be busy and to have, you know, family and friends and work and creativity to keep me busy, but sometimes I just want to go to bed. <laughs> um, but, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm I'm going to move back to Brooklyn. Just, oh, just official? official um i was really sort of fighting it at first i love 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 living in hell's kitchen where i've been for the past 18 months but circumstances and everything i'm going back to brooklyn close to my old neighborhood where i lived for years um so it'll be good and it'd just be a little change of pace and financially um it makes the best sense, the most yeah. sense right now. So Facts. I'm doing that. And and so that's where I sort of am at. I'm just like trying to focus on getting my mind around packing up all of my shit and getting out. I um, hate moving. It sucks. Um, but luckily I, you know, uh, convinced my brother that he's going to drive a truck in from Connecticut and help me move. I don't have a ton of stuff, you know. Mm. I mean, I do, but I also don't. So that's that's my temperature check. I'm really focused on that. I think I'll feel a little like jittery and all over the place until I'm settled into my new space. Yeah. Um, but I'm good. I'm good. What's your temperature check? I am sore. I've been going back to the gym regularly now. Yes. It's uh been doing some like weight stuff, which is not really my jam, but you know, I gotta do what you gotta do. Getting old. Yeah. 
But yeah. <laughs> you know, my it. friend who is like a personal trainer, like really into fitness, follows me mm -hmm. on my Apple Watch. And anytime I do cardio, she writes me. She's like, stop doing cardio and do weights because it just mm -hmm. so whatever could do. Yeah, the I, try to do, I try to do both. Um, but yeah, I'm just feeling it like here and like lifting up my arms right now. I know we just recorded Dan before this and I was like so uncomfortable. I was trying to like get comfortable, but yeah, it's all good though. I'm just happy to be here, be in this space, be in uh, connection to you and to our wonderful guests. And yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, wonderfulness, weird transition, but we were honored to see the piano lesson, uh, which is closing this weekend. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend this comes out on Thursday. You have three days, but uh, <laughs> we got to see it last week. And, and how incredible was that play? Amazing. And shout out to former guest, April Mathis, who yeah. really walks onto that stage hot and really, really, really killed it. You know, April has um, a smaller role in the show, mm -hmm. but is so such a big presence in her performance is so wonderful. And it was so amazing. I'm happy that we saw it after we interviewed her versus before um, because we had a sort of an idea of who she was. And it was so nice to meet her in person after the show, which was amazing. I mean, you guys don't miss this show if you can go yeah. see it. You do have three days. You know, I, I do believe it's probably at TKTS. I don't know. You know, everybody runs to see things uh, as they're closing. So I don't know the availability, but if you can get in there, get in there. Danielle Seriously. Brooks, Samuel Jackson, April Mathis. Like it was. Uh, John David Washington. Correct. The acting was phenomenal. Phenom. Guys. Like I, and I read the play. So I didn't think I read this play before, but when I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely did read this. But when I read it, I didn't read it as being as funny as it was. And I guess I was talking to another friend, uh, my friend Edward, because he saw it a week before I did. And we we're like, well, yeah, I guess it's like why we're supposed to watch plays be performed, not just read them because you you miss stuff, you know? And I, it was so funny. I was laughing like the whole time, trying to stifle my laughter. But I want to say one thing because a friend of mine shared something about piano lesson. And I saw that piano, right? Because the play you know, is about this, uh, this piano. It's a family heirloom that uh, has the carvings, these carvings on it of the ancestors of this, like the father and grandmother who were slaves um, during the British play set. But anyway, the designer, I don't know his last name, but his first name is Romello. And how you spell his last name is H-U-I-N-S. He designed this piano and it's going into the, um, Smithsonian. Smithsonian. Yeah, I was like, because I remember looking at the piano and like how detailed it was. And, I, I, and they kept touching it in the play. I was like, I want to touch that piano. But yeah. obviously you can't. But I was like, oh my gosh, like how amazing is that to have the opportunity to have like this piece of history and in the Smithsonian yeah. that blew me away. Yeah, such an amazing show. And that, that's amazing mm -hmm. that people will be able to go see it. Um, now, know. Jason, I don't know if you're ready to talk about this. <sighs> But you guys, yeah. hello everyone. We shout out to Bailey from OM, by the way, who is helping us get some guests and she really hooks us up with press tickets sometimes. Um, so shout out to Bailey. So Bailey arranged yeah, press tickets for us on this show. Um, and I went to the bathroom when we got there and Jason went to the seats. When I was coming <laughs> back from the seat, I see Jason staring at me down the aisle. 
just like crying in his head. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't have my glasses on. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? I arrived to the seat. And Jason, would you like to continue? I mean, I don't even know how to like transition it well, but guys, folks, non-binary friends, Oprah, Oprah. That's all I gotta say. Oprah was in the was in the building. Oprah was in the building. Not only was she <laughs> in the building, Oprah was sitting directly across the aisle from us. So Jason was on an aisle seat, and Oprah was on the aisle, literally across. right across from us. <laughs> crying i was literally crying like i he was guys i had to literally rub him and be like hey <laughs> like we're here it's okay it's oprah it's crazy <laughs> it's gonna be fine yeah you just don't get like that i mean i probably got like that by two other people my whole life you know we've gotten to meet some cool people in general but it oprah was, oprah was like, on another level i know it was wild like I, I couldn't i couldn't believe that just like I guess that was the most shocking part is how random that was. Like, if I knew she was going to be there, I would have been like, oh, like, Oprah's going to be there. Like, you know, it's fine. But just like she just randomly walked down the aisle and she had a mask on, but you can just tell. And uh, just like going the whole story, I make it really fast. I don't want to bore people. But Oprah, I, I couldn't watch the first 20 minutes of the play because I was watching Oprah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I was watching it, but it's like hard to like really focus when there's like someone like that in the building. But, um, and she was laughing, and I was laughing, and I have a very obnoxious laugh for those who who know me or don't know. It's not obnoxious; it's, it's beautiful <laughs> and lovely. Oh, thank you. But I, I I was trying to stifle that laughter because I didn't want to like be like weird and make a lot of noise, whatever. And anyway, I did it once because something was so funny in this play, and Oprah was looking at me, and I was like, I could feel her looking out of my per per peripheral, but I didn't want to get scolded by Oprah, so I just kept looking forward. And Samantha's like nudging me; she's like. She's, she's like she's smizing at you and i was like oh thank god <laughs> and then uh i kept laughing and then oprah was laughing with me y'all she was looking over we were connecting we were laughing through act two together and i've been exaggerating it was like three times right so it was like three times yeah it's real <laughs> <laughs> and then when we we're leaving anyway long story short oprah touched me on the way out she said that was such a great show it was so funny right and i just couldn't talk touched his talk. arm you guys literally it was crazy yeah it was crazy so you know like how we always say we're so grateful for this show and all the opportunity it's bringing us and all the guests it's bringing us and we're grateful for you know getting to sit in a show with oprah crazy <laughs> crazy and gail and gail that's a gail <laughs> Poor Gail. But, but I met Gail before, so I, yeah. I felt like I didn't have that experience. You were like, with her, I, know I love Gail. Gail. Yeah, no, Gail, yeah. Was, Gail was cute. And we tried to get in the background of the selfie. Jay, maybe you could insert oh. it here. You definitely see Jason's hair, <laughs> um, but we're like a little too far over. Thank God for big hair. Yeah, thank God for big hair. Oh, man. Yeah, it was an amazing experience and an amazing show to be repetitive, run, see the show. You probably yeah. won't sit next to Oprah like we did, but the show is amazing. So that's. That's reason enough to go. Daniel Brookshaw. Um, Oof. Chills. Oh, okay. my God. Daniel Brooks. I mean, everybody in that show <sighs> everybody. was just, like, just unbelievably good. Um, I do want to share a really quick survival job story that's going to tie into our guest today. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, to do a really hard transition, as a kid, I did this community theater called Crystal Theater. It's where I met most of my best friends who I'm still friends with today. I, Robin. That. This is how I met Robin DeJesus who has been on the show a couple of times. He was literally my 
teacher, my, my theater teacher, when I was um, younger, I, I don't think I've shared this on the show before, which is amazing. Um, and then I went on to be a teacher for kids and teach them, yes. you know, dance and acting, you know, four or five-year-olds and six-year-olds from, I think I taught from like five to maybe like 12. Um, and I just wanted to give it a quick shout out because I don't think I've shouted out Crystal Theater on this podcast. So shout out to Crystal Theater, shout out to Cheryl and Alex Kemeny, shout out to Char Fromington. These ladies really sculpted who I am today um, by giving, you know, this theater life and an opportunity to young kids to express themselves and be on a stage. And like I said, I met a lot of my really good friends from this theater uh, school or what are we, I don't know, children's theater, community children's theater. theater company, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Which then years later, our guest today, Dan Michike, has been involved with Crystal Theater as well. He grew up in Connecticut, but was doing other community theater, like towns away but as we got older dan you know we became friends with him and he came in and to play a couple of benefits and concerts that we did there so shout out to crystal theater because it really just brought you know a lot of people together um yeah which let's talk about dan can i say one quick thing just how yes. important community theater is because i know like you know a lot of people are pursuing this as their career but not many not everyone gets to do that no one not everyone gets the luxury to do that or has the the life to do that and community theater is a really great way to keep the arts alive and to, and to live your passion and then it may not be broadway right but you're still getting to to live out your passions and my friend sarah sarah burns started this really great cabaret called Krabby Cabaret. It has a show coming up in for Valentine's Day, February 10th. So I just want to shout that out too, because she's someone who is a phenomenal singer, could be on Broadway, but it's not. And that's not her path right now. And it's totally fine. And I love that. I love that people, that there's community theaters out there, like Crystal Theater, like the Krabby Cabaret, that gives people the opportunity to keep creating. So yes, go Dan. Boom, 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 <laughs> boom. Okay. Guys, we love Dan Michike. He has been a friend for years. We've been trying to get him on this show for a while, and we finally got to chat with him today. Um, so let me tell you guys a little bit about him, and then you can go listen to this episode, which is an amazing episode. He's pre-teaching and preaching. Yes. Uh, Dan Michike is the current music director and conductor of Wicked on Broadway and has been with the show for over seven years, including the national and international tours. For the first six years of living in New York City, he started out as an actor and played Mary Sunshine in Chicago for over 2,000 performances on Broadway, as well as the national tour, Japanese and Thailand companies. Some wow. of his TV film credits include The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, the 2021 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and Good Morning America. He was a soloist at Carnegie Hall and the Kennedy Center in Bernstein's Mass. Some of his recordings include Bernstein's Mass, Grammy nomination in 2008. Some of his 54 Below show credits include Amanda, J Amanda Jane Cooper, Patrick Page, to name a few, as well as playing the Apple, Appal Room. Sorry, guys. I don't know how to pronounce that. The Appal Room at Lincoln Center. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and one of his workshops includes Stew for Silverton. Mm -hmm. Icon. I he mean, is, he's just a working, working, working machine. He has taught master classes and workshops at major universities, including University of Michigan, Boston Conservatory of Music, Berkeley School of Music, NYU, Pace, Notre Dame. 
as well as schools in Peru, Mexico, and Switzerland. In addition to his work on Broadway, he's the owner of his coaching company for actors and conductors, as well as a co-owner of IMTA, International Music Theater Academy. And he graduated from the Boston Conservatory of Music in 07. Yes, you guys, enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Bye. Hi, Dan. Welcome to Survival Jobs, a podcast. Good morning. Good morning to us. You know, we were just telling you before we hit record, this is the earliest we've ever recorded. So congratulations, Survival Jobs record. Also, Jason, thank you. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Dan is going to be our first musical director. Yeah. Music director, conductor. I know. Congratulations on Wicked. Thank you. of firsts here. Mm -hmm. Dan, you know, personally, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I've known you for many years. (laughs) To our listeners, Dan sometimes gives me singing lessons when I can't stay on pitch. And, you know, I think it's really helped. (laughs) I I really have a talent with that. And um, Samantha really is very good at taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. She'll take it to the nth degree. And I always appreciate that. Thank you. I hit the T's real hard. <laughs> Samantha, you have a, uh, a musical director from Broadway as your as your vocal coach. Look at that. My personal vocal coach. Sorry, yeah. I kept that yeah. secret from you all of this time. <laughs> on call. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Well, like I said, congratulations on Wicked. You're on one of the most iconic shows in history. Like that's huge. And we were just talking about you know just how amazing that is before we started the recording. So I wanted to say it on the podcast as well, officially. (laughs) Long-winded way of saying that. But before we begin, do you want me to take this first question, Samantha? Yes. What do you think the term survival job means to you, Dan? So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, Survival job, I think, like, has, like, a, like, a, cloud around it being like oh it's a job that like I have to do to like get to like where I want to be I feel like survival job is like filling in the time that you aren't doing like a a bigger job or a dream a dream job and or like even while you're on your big job of your career you can still have like gigs here and there. And I feel like that's survival jobs as well. Although right. there's a peppering of survival jobs that are just some really hilarious stories. <laughs> Which brings us, do you have a favorite one that you've had along your journey? Well, I've been very, very fortunate in that um, when I first moved to New York City, um, I moved as an actor before I became a music director. And um before I went into Chicago, the musical, um, my survival job would be, you know, playing the piano. And so I would be a coach, I would play auditions. And that was my thing while I was being an actor. And even when I was in the Broadway company for those six years and the tour, six years. I Oof. six, 2000 performances. As Mary wow. Sunshine? <laughs> As Mary Sunshine. <sighs> 2000? Wow. 2,000 and, and children only missed three shows out of 2,000 performances. Whoa, I did not know this fact about you. That's crazy. 
she shows up. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, so really mine would be, you know, playing playing the piano and, and uh, being a accompanist for people. Now, the funny ones would be during the pandemic. Let me just rattle off a couple. Okay. I'm so excited. I, be <laughs> I became a substitute teacher in a darling little town in Connecticut. <laughs> Which one? Called. I'm not going to be able to say Got the it. name. Oh, okay. Got it. Let's just put our thinking caps on. When <laughs> in the class, I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade chorus. Okay. In the middle of the pandemic, 350 students on Zoom, half online, half in person. And I said, children, we're not going to be singing because you have masks on and God bless. What we're going to be doing is learning about the dames of Broadway. So it yes. actually was incredible <laughs> that we like, you know, we learned about everyone from Carol Channing to Patti Lapone to uh, current divas today to pop music, to R&B, to classical, to Leonard Bernstein. But it was also many, many dark days where a certain person would say, if you're a music director on Broadway, why are you here? Ugh. Or this is my, my other favorite uh, quote is I was saying that my friend Karen Lindsay was coming up to stay with us for the week with her husband, Kevin. And <laughs> this one eighth grader says, excuse me, Mr. Mitch K, uh, what kind of bedding are you putting on her bed? What? Said, she goes, are you putting frette bedding on her bed? <laughs> I am dead. So, yeah. So that was an interesting time. A little baby gay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Just, just, just a bitch. Um, just a bitch. Yeah. Um, so those were an interesting. I only lasted about four weeks. Um, it was an experience. And that was it. Also, like, was totally told that I was going to, like, do two classes a day. And fast forward to, like, seven classes a day plus lunch and bus and recess duty. <laughs> um, Wait, lunch duty? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> lunch duty, like, was a Broadway music director, lunch duty. And uh, also didn't get the job, but applied to work at the Ridgefield hardware store in town. But I don't think I got the job because in the interview, I said, so like, how does pay work? And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I am willing to totally do like a standard, standard, like $400, $500 fee a day. <laughs> you did not say that to the hardware store. And they were like, mm, there's minimum wage. I was like, I understand. I understand. <laughs> They're like four hundred dollars a week, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I know. so basically, again, going back to survival job, it's like I think we all learned, whoever we are, like the true definition of that term during the pandemic. Because um, I have always been a coach, but even you know I have my coaching clients even when I'm doing eight shows a week and rehearsing every day. But um, mm. during the pandemic, I was I ended up coaching about thirty five to forty people a week. 
Wow. So that was my survival job then. Well, so would you say that this substitute teaching, doing the, the lunch duty and, and, and all that stuff was the worst that you've had? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was wonderful in some ways where it's like there's kids that like still write me and uh, just so wonderful. And I learned a lot about myself during that time. Um, and you know what? I was like, there's no ego here. I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, when am I yeah. ever going to do this again? It was dark. You know, it was very emotional for me in a lot of ways because of what we were all going through. But yeah, that was definitely the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the frete sheets is just unbelievable. Oh. Is that oh, even, that's how you frete. say it? Frete, yeah. The, I mean, I've ex I did experience those sheets once with, you know, maybe an ex-boyfriend and they're amazing, but like, they're a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were, other, there were other comments where, um, oh geez. I mean, there, I would go in, I would go in on these eighth graders where I would be like, oh, there was one time I said, I showed them a video of Leonard Bernstein conducting Candide. And this one girl, same girl, Frete Sheets, was like, oh. <laughs> so like, I, so what is like that old man in gray hair is just like waving his arms. Like, what does he even do? And how does he even support himself? What? I was like, my love, that man is richer than all of your parents. Come and, on. <laughs> and an he icon. He does. And like, could you imagine waking up every single day, making a wonderful living, doing what you've dreamed of, and their minds were like? I love the Frete girl. Love, but, but I got I got her back in the end on the last day of school because <laughs> she started making fun of the Upper West Side, which no, Wait, she what? was saying that the Upper East Side. No. Which to the listeners, if you live on the Upper East, all the best, wonderful. I just. We have a place on the Upper West. I love the Upper West. So I said to her after class, I said, listen to me, Frente Sheets. This attitude is going to get you nowhere. And since I'm leaving today, I said that in my head, I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. And what they are is tweezers and conditioner. <laughs> Did you actually... Yeah. Oh and by the way, like, God. who cares if she went home and complained? It was the last day. Yeah, I was like, hoodaloo. You know, I, I drove out of the uh, middle school parking lot blasting before the parade passes by. I was out. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm so good. Dead. Well, I think we should dedicate this episode to the Frate Sheet Girl because she is just <laughs> sounding like a rare, rare form of girl. And yeah, best of luck to her. Best, best of luck of to her. her. Yes, best of luck to her. Well, thank you for sharing Yay. those stories. <laughs> yeah, those are some real good survival job stories. But I want to talk about now, by the way, I did not know you did that many performances in Chicago. That's amazing. Mm. So how did you make the transition from performer to music director, conductor? And was there like a moment that you were like, this is, what I have to do or what was that like? So I got Chicago in uh, early 2008 and um, I would say at least, cause I did the Broadway company for a long time but then I did 100 and, 125 cities in four countries Oof. with the show. Wow. So I was with it for quite a while but I wanna say maybe around year three 
I started to, you know, just really like be immersed with our conductor and other conductors and uh, hanging out with the musicians and just, you know, I also, my coaching business really started growing at that point. And I learned that my brain, I was able to give notes to singers um, and help them connect to the material um, vocally and, and uh, emotionally much better than I could ever do as an actor myself. And so I felt like my brain was like so much more alive uh, being a coach and a music director that uh, around 2012, like four years in, um, Adam Gettle was looking for an assistant in the city and he found my name and um, I auditioned for him and he was really the first person to kind of believe in me as like a musician because a lot of people were like, oh, it's just this Mary Sunshine guy. He's not going to be a musician. And um, he's like, you know, you're really good. And I think you should do this for the rest of your life. And I was like, well, if Adam Gettle thinks I'm good, then maybe I'm a little talented. And a um, little. <laughs> and, and, and I just started kind of trucking along. And I've always been that kind of person that like, that happens to me. And I'm like, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? Mm. I'm never like, uh, oh, I'm set, you know, because mm. again, like the hustle doesn't stop, you know, regardless of where you're at in your career, it's just, it's a constant hustle. And yes, it could be a stressful hustle, but it also could be like, just, that's just how my brain works. I'm just always hustling. And, um, and I want to say around the time I matched up with Adam, I became friends with Schwartz, um, and, but it was never like a, a person, a professional relationship yet. We just became friends and Schwartz has always been very sweet where he's like, well, you're the really great actor and, you know, stay on that path or stay on the music direction path, but I'll support you in any other way. So I want to say around then I really kind of was like, you know what? I really think I want to transition. I have no idea how. No one will give me the time of day except for these two guys. And um, and there just was like this bias of me being an actor and trying to transition. Oh, wow. yeah. And um, I started playing a lot of auditions. And that was like, uh, that was another thing where like, you can't play auditions if you want to audition as an actor. Right. And I out the gift of Chicago, I mean, I found that it really kind of fulfilled that big part of my life of being a Broadway actor. Um, and I stayed with it for so long that around that time, I, it sounds silly, but one day I just woke up and I was like, you know what, like universe, I am ready for whatever you're going to throw in my lap. Um, I have no idea what that is, but I'm open. And it was as simple as that. And, um, I got offered to go music direct something at theater by the sea and um, I went to go do Patrick Page's show at 54 Below. Okay. And, and really, like, that was kind of the turning point. I ran into Stephen Aramis on Ninth Avenue at Flaming Saddles. Iconic. <laughs> um, dead. Different times in both of our lives. And, um, and I was like, hi, I'm Damage K. I'm friends with blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're that Mary Sunshine guy. And, uh, oh my gosh. He's like, you should play for me someday. And I was like, I I'd be thrilled to. And I got to give a shout out. My darling Paige Davis, we were doing Chicago at the time, 
on the road and she would make sure there was a piano everywhere we went so I could practice the score of Wicked. Because I said to myself, I was like, I'm going to either get called for this tomorrow in six months or in six years. But as always, as an actor and as a musician, preparation meets opportunity. And if I can be in control of being the one that won't be in my way of getting where I need to be, then I'll do that. And so he called me the next morning and he's like, can you come over my apartment? We need someone on the tour for key three assistant to the assistant conductor. And I went over and I played for like an hour. I met with him for two hours and he's like, great. You'll go on tour in eight days. Can you imagine if you did not go to flaming saddles that night? I mean, I can really look back in my life and say, can you imagine if you did not go to Flaming Saddles five nights a week for those? I'm so dead. (laughs) No, I know. And and Stephen was a huge part in changing my life. You know, him, David Stone, Schwartz, I mean, many people, you know, that I'm very, very grateful for. But, um, and then I left eight days later to play Key 3. Never played a synthesizer before. I can say that now. But like literally (laughs) just, you know, I just went in. And uh, in like the first six weeks of being there on tour, I was subbing Keith 2, 3, the rehearsal book. And then I started conducting. So, um, and really everyone's like, don't you miss performing? There's not been one day. It just feels right. Yes, it just feels right. And I I think I would have felt differently if I didn't have a career as an actor. But also, like, my job is part of performance. Right. um, I love getting actors and dancers to a place where they feel supported emotionally and uh, musically. Because I've had experiences as an actor where I don't feel supported by my music director. So if I can be of service in that way, I'm much more, um, I also love the managerial part of my job, which you don't get as an actor. So long-winded answers. I'm sorry. No, that was an amazing story. I, you know, Jason and I are in, in a similar situation where like being out somewhere, meeting somebody is going to take you to a new level. And that's just so important. Like you never know, like, New York City is crazy and stressful and expensive and I'm tired. We're tired all of the time, but the connections and experiences that you have can really like change your whole life. It's wild. Yes. Yeah. And and even now, like where it was 16 years ago when I moved to New York, like I say this to students all the time, like the opportunities that are at your fingertips, you just have to have class about it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And sometimes all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Ask and have class. And I, <laughs> and I think it's those genuine connections, right? It's like I always tell younger people when I when I when they ask me to do talks and like, randomly, it's like you don't force a connection, but if it's like you hit it off with someone, it's like a genuine connection. You keep those connections going, you know. Send an email every now and then and just make it natural. Don't be like, oh, I need a job opportunity when you first meet someone. That's not the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't like that. Mm-hmm. You got to cultivate these relationships. Mm-hmm. 
be hungry, wow. but don't be like super annoying. Don't be, th- <laughs> okay, be hungry. Guys? Don't be thirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Dan, um, <laughs> wow. So you started off on the Wicked Tour. Did you have a favorite place that you visited? Because it sounds like such a transitional time period. I know you probably were touring on other shows before, but in this capacity as a musical director playing. Um, well, the first the first two years on tour, um, I was key three, an assistant mm-hmm. um, and the keyboard tech, which God bless. Um and nobody's business doing that. Um, and just really yeah. was like the, the, I always also say to like musicians and actors, like be the person that I use this term lightly quote saves the day, not in an <laughs> egotistical way, but meaning that person's like, Oh my God, uh, he can't play rehearsal. Dan, can you play rehearsal? Absolutely. You know, it's be that person. Um, be that person as an actor that is already off book and prepared as the third understudy. Um, you, you do the work. And so I stayed out uh, the first two years. I was keyboard three, subbing the keyboard books and like conducting once every six weeks. And then um, and then I became the music director and conductor of the national tour for two more years. I was out on tour for four and a half years straight. Wow. And then they once again changed my life and I moved to the Broadway company. What was that like? What was that like? Where did, where did it's like, we trust this guy. He's the guy. Let's get him over there. That was the most most Broadway moment of my life. Um, It, I put my notice in, I was leaving. Um, I met my husband Chase on the road um, oh. he's in technology, he's not in the business, but he was working for Disney <laughs> in Orlando. And so we were on tour in Orlando and I was already at like the four year mark. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go home and I'm ready to go home and just be unemployed and hustle, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and so I put my notice in like 10 months before I left. Wow. It's wow. a long yeah. time. It's a, yeah. it's a healthy you know, I notice. Wanted, I wanted to give them notice. And, and you know, a big goal of mine and dream was to buy my apartment. And I did that. And I was like, I'm ready to go home. And um, I had to get some personal stuff together. And, you know, and, and in November of that year, 2017, um, you know, I put my, I told the Remus, you know, months ago, I was like, hey, you know, I'm leaving, but you know, if ever you need me, whatever. And he's like, yeah, 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 we got, you, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but I, it was, you know, Brian Perry was there for years, you know. So uh, we were at the Thanksgiving Day party in Cleveland, and David Stone, darling David Stone, came out to the tour to visit. And I'm standing at the bar with him, and we're talking and this and that. And I just, I said to him, I want to thank you for the four, the last four and a half years of employment. You've changed my life. And he knows I always get like an emotional Betty and he's like, Oh God. (laughs) I'm so dead. He goes, well, you're very welcome. But what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, like I'm, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm leaving in, you know, three months. And I just want to thank you personally, you know, face to face. And he's like, yeah, I, I know you're leaving, but, 
I was like, oh my God, like, okay, I'm just thanking you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know, like, you're going to leave. Um, we really love Chase. You know, you guys take time, go on vacation. Um, um, but in nine months, uh, you're going to buy a house in Ridgefield and you're going to take over the Broadway company as music director and conductor. Did he literally say you're going to buy a house in Ridgefield? He also knew I dreamed of moving here, yes. Right. But he's like, you're going to go on vacation, you're going to buy a house in Ridgefield, and you're going to take over uh, as music director and conductor on Broadway of the of Wicked uh, around November. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's already been set. Okay. You're like, sounds good, David. Thank you so much. Yeah, Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a gift from God in so many ways because... Sorry, my cuckoo clock is playing over here. <laughs> I yeah. love it. It's really good background music. Just <laughs> nursery rhymes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, it was a huge gift because I had to get a lot of stuff in my life, in my personal life together. And I got nine months off knowing I was going to have this enormous life-changing event in my life happen and um i mean i don't know if religious faith whatever i mean that is god for me but um mm. it just was it was it was a gift and i was able to walk into that job in a healthy mindset physically and mentally and just go because it's so massive taking over that massive. Just, you are taking over years and years and years of history of dynamics of people um it is 90 percent managerial conducting a yeah. massive commercial broadway show it is 90 percent managerial so to the music directors and to musicians like advice it get up on your personality skills and know how to talk and finagle things and to have clear, calm conversations and yeah. knowing the difference on how to talk to an actor, which is very different than how to talk to a musician, which is very different than how to talk to a director, you know? Um, and so it was, it was just an amazing time. Amazing, amazing. time. Can Am I, I wrong? Oh, Go ahead. Sorry. No, okay. but, uh, I was going to ask because I'm sure not everyone knows like what is a day in the life of a musical director who works on Broadway like what is that like um I can only speak for myself because I talk yeah. to other directors and they're like why are you going in every early every day <laughs> <laughs> um uh obviously eight shows a week um I note one show a week from the back of the house uh I conduct pretty much seven a week um but if I'm not in rehearsal every day, I'm in auditions every day. So I'm in auditions pretty much eight to 10 hours a week, hiring for both companies. Just last year, I've auditioned 12,000 people. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. 12,000 um, people. Yep. And, um, and then uh, whether what's going on in the building, I'm rehearsing about 10, 10 15 hours a week. Um, and then I'm, constantly on the phone <laughs> so i mean i've learned my boundaries in this and that but pretty much a, a normal day for me personally is dan mitch k um i wake up at around eight o'clock eight thirty, 
and um, I'll get my day started with emails. Um, maybe some phone calls in the morning, um, spend as much time as I can with my husband, Chase and my dog, Henry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll either go in usually, this is why I was like, Samantha, I, I got to do morning because I'll usually go in around 11 or noon. Um, whether I have appointments, meetings, rehearsal or auditions, and then I'll have like dinner around five 30 and then, uh, give out notes uh, or visit with people and then do the show and then get, then I get home around 11. It's a long day, Dan. Yeah. And I commute every day. I drive in from Connecticut every day, which has been the biggest gift of my life. And I feel Mm. like the only way I can do my job. (laughs) Cause you have that time in the car by yourself to like have Dan time. Yeah. And also listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Either have Dan time, listen to this podcast, or um, I'll be on the phone with one of the creatives. Yeah. Am am I wrong when I say that you're only the second person to take this position like consistently Uh, in Wicked? I'm the sixth. Oh, how embarrassing. (laughs) Stephen Aremis started the show. Then quickly soon after Bob Billig took over, then Alex Lackamore really quickly. Oh, fun fact. All three of that happened. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. All three of that happened in like the first like three years. Oh, wow. Because Wicked was like blowing up, right? Mm -hmm. Then Dom Amendum, big, long time Dom Amendum, Brian Perry, long time. And then it's me. In my mind, it was Stephen Remus Dan. <laughs> like, I feel like when you booked this, everyone was like, oh my God. I don't know. Somebody made that up, or maybe I did. Love that. Yeah. But, <laughs> Thank you for to the other five. Yeah. Thank you for correcting my, uh, my thought there. Wow, Dan, I feel like I learned so much today. And I think this episode's super important for our listeners just to, you know, keep it moving, follow the path, follow the gut meet the people. And what'd you say? Class? What did we say? Have class? I can't remember. Rewind it, guys. (laughs) Whatever we said was really, really good. Now, I know you know that we always end the episode with a game. But before we do that, we love a game. We love a game. And I think you're really going to like this game. Um, But before we do that, do you have any advice for... Anybody who's listening who might feel stuck in their survival jobs, who so badly wants a career in the arts, but feels like it's just not going to happen. And they're just slinging another margarita at the bar. Um, I would say first and foremost, uh, write down the pros and cons of your job. Then I would write out in detail your budget of every single dollar that you spend a month, where you can cut and where you can add to give yourself as much flexibility and um, self-respect with your time. Wow. Then I would, no jokes, old school, First, like go on, literally go on Craigslist and go on Facebook and look for jobs. Friend of mine literally just got a nanny job, $105,000 a year. 
dental health vision. Yeah, I know this is very unheard of and works four days a week. That is the ultimate survival job. Now, wow. I, have, I have three other things to say. Please. <laughs> Use your networks. Do you have friends that do other survival jobs that are more lucrative and give you more time to audition or practice as a musician? Pick their brains. Write people on Instagram or social media of people that you um, idolize in this business. People that you might have not even met yet and ask them, hey, um, my name is so-and-so, this is who I am, and I, I know you're very busy, but is there ever a time that I can bend your ear over a cup of coffee or, or uh, get you on the phone for five minutes or, or something? You just have to put yourself out there because it's very easy with a survival job of being like, Ugh, this is what I have to do, and then you get in your rut and you do it, right? I just, Facts. that's my best advice. Like budget for me is huge. You know, just looking to see what kind of money's coming in, what's not. And then also self-respect and like, am I feeling respected in this job and giving the time that I need to do the other things I need to do? And if not, it's New York city. There's always other options. Wow. I think I need to take all of that advice for myself. <laughs> I know. I was looking for a pen to write some notes. Like, well, I'll be editing this, so. Yeah, you can uh, <laughs> listen later. Wow. Dan, thank you. This was so much fun. It only took us a year. No, not a year. But we've been trying to schedule this for a long time. And clearly, look at the day in the life of Dan. It's a busy day. It's a busy day. So thank you for squeezing us in. Yeah, of course. Seriously, thank you. Of course. So for our game... And, you, yes. you know, Jason, I was kicking myself in the beginning of this episode when he said, you know, he was teaching everybody about all the Broadway divas. So first we were going to do a Broadway diva trivia game. But then I was <laughs> like, Dan loves Liza. Am I wrong? Of course. So we're doing <laughs> a Liza Minnelli trivia game. Trivia oh. with a Z. Oh, <laughs> trivia with a Z makes no sense, but I like it. Love it. It's like a Z. She would say trivia. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> trivia with a z so we're gonna give you some so like funny. true or false yes some true or false some multiple choice and listen we really if you're stuck we'll we'll wink and we'll help you out great all right jay you want to kick it off sure true or false liza was named after a george and ura gershwin song true Yes, it Correct. is true. <laughs> Liza, All the Clouds Rolled Away, a song that George and Ira Gershwin wrote. I almost gave you the answer because I was just reading it. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> My fault. I, I messed up this document a lot today. There was a lot of confusion at the beginning. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I told> you... <laughs> Great job. Exactly. One out of one, Dan. One out of one. Number two. <laughs> How old was Liza when she made her screen debut? A, seven, B, 11, C, three, or D, two months. Two months. Unfortunately, that's incorrect. Three. It's three. It's three. Okay, you got it on the second one. We'll give it to you because you said it at the same time um, that I did. I can't find the facts on that. I had it. But she was three. Oh. On, yep. on Meet Me in St. Louis. Garland's character, Veronica, in, in the good old summertime. 
she played she played her her daughter in Good Old Summertime. This is really yeah. embarrassing. I think we should change the questions and talk about frette sheets. <laughs> we can do that for the bonus. Don't worry. Yeah. Listen, but it, you know, could have been Meet Me in St. Louis. Who knows? Okay. All right, next one. Next. Liza Minnelli used to babysit Ron Howard, and he went on to cast her in what show? This is multiple choice. A, Grey's Anatomy, B, Arrested Development, C, The Office, or D, How I Met Your Mother? B. Wow. B, correct. There you go. Good bing, work. Bing, bing. Got there all on your own. <laughs> okay. Number four. True or false? Before Liza played Sally Bowles in the film Cabaret, she performed the role on Broadway. False. Correct. Yep. She lost out on the stage role to British triple threat Jill Hayworth. She was upset though. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I knew I'd get the movie for some reason. She told that to the Huffington Post. She said, I knew I'd get the movie in some reason. And we we didn't put a bonus question, but for the bonus, you want to give us your best, Liza? That's it? Yeah, four questions, quick. Oh, you want another one? I have a, <laughs> I can give you another quick one, real quick, real quick. Wow. Well, we got a hundred so far. Yeah, you really <laughs> did. Kind of. Is there I give you extra points for the. True or false? <laughs> True or false? Liza Minnelli voiced Dorothy in the animated sequel to The Wizard of Oz. False. <laughs> what? Minnelli continued her mother's legacy by giving the voice. To Dorothy and the journey back to Oz, in which Dorothy and Toto must save Oz from a new evil witch, Mumby, played by Ethel Merman. <laughs> what? What? Is a platoon? Wait, what is the name of this? This is called <laughs> Journey Back to Oz, an animated sequel to The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> a new evil witch, Mumby, played by Ethel Merman. This Thank you for telling me this. I have You're never welcome. heard of this. This is fabulous. She was 15. I can't wait. They recorded their lines in 1962, but issues with the inexperienced animation company halted production. The film was not released until 1974. By then, of course, Minnelli was already a seasoned superstar. (laughs) Wow. Oh, I got to check that out, especially with Ethel. Yeah. Okay. So basically wow. you got a hundred on the game and you learned something new. Trivia. <laughs> I guess he's still <laughs> mad about the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Dan. gosh. Man. It was so <laughs> we do it all the time. No, it was great. It was great. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on uh, all the social medias to keep up with you? You're always teaching classes also, so we'll definitely drop links. Maybe always was that uh, an exaggeration. <laughs> um, yeah, I am my name, Dan Michike, uh on Instagram, D-A-N-M-I-C-C-I-C-H-E. Um, I'm also on the Facebook. Um, I'm not as hip as you all with the TikTok and the Twitter and all that, but I'm an Instagram gal. Um, and yes, I, I do. I was doing more classes earlier, but I, I will coach from time to time. So you can hit me up on Instagram. Um, and I do coach, uh, singer actors, but also, um, conductors. And I love wow. that. So I love that. And if you're lucky, I'll teach you. 
<laughs> <laughs> and if you're extra lucky, he'll teach you uh, luck be a lady. <laughs> That's amazing, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the impression. You ever dressed up as Liza? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? I, <laughs> I did an act in college as Liza Minnelli. Say oh my it. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Please I. Please send us it. that photo so we can insert it here. Or if there's video, we will insert it right here. I don't know if I will do that for you. Got <laughs> it. Got it. We are going. But I'm dead. Like you on Broadway World as Liza and then conducting Wicked in the evening. Yeah, I definitely think that's a great career move. Um, I mean, I definitely would be the first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, if you want to follow us, if you're fans of Dan and you don't follow us yet, we can be found at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. And then Survival Jobs a Podcast on Facebook. And you can shoot us an email if you want to get to know us or ask us some questions or recommend a guest at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. Jason, I want to say you just really killed that. Jason gets Thank very you. nervous when he has to give our, our social medias because they're all <laughs> over the place. Um, and if you want to follow us, you can follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coombs and me at Sammy Toots. Not to Bruno. Bruno. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. A two-show day today. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Is it? Oh yeah. Today's Wednesday, right? Oh. Oh, it's only one. Wait. We flip flop. We're five show weekends right now, and then we go. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, you know. Fill up on that Live coffee, show babe. weekend. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for thank your you. time and sharing that knowledge. I'm, I was going to be taking notes. I'm going to have to rewind the thing. And Thanks for The thing. Cool. Rewind the thing. Yeah. Awesome. Bye, honey. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.